Are you building your dream home? Or have you decided to stay in your current home and remodel? Either way, we all know that kitchens and baths are smart investments when it comes to the value and livability of our homes. Regardless of the project size or complexity, you want and deserve quality products and amazing service before, during, and most importantly, after the sale. A big part of that service is dealing with people that understand their products and can provide advice and consultation that you can rely on. Sounds like a tall order for sure. Who can give you the brands you know and trust and the professional help you deserve? Our friends over at Park Supply Company, of course. They are the go-to for all of your kitchen, bath, and DIY needs. Visit their locations in Huntsville and Athens and you will understand the difference of the Park Supply way. Large selection with the small hometown feel you love. Mention this ad and receive a one-time coupon good for $10 off of a $50 purchase. Go to parksupplycompany.com and connect with them today. Have you been searching for a rewarding career as labor, skilled labor, or lead man supervisor? Premier Structures may have the career you've been looking for. Premier Structures offers three stages of profit sharing, 70% of health insurance covered for individuals, and plenty of room for growth. Premier Structures is located in Athens, Alabama, and serves all of North Alabama, and is licensed in Alabama and Tennessee. To find your career with Premier Structures, go to premierstructures.com or give them a call at 256-232-2092. For the barbecue lovers in your life, you can give the perfect gift of Bob Sykes Barbecue book, sauce, and gift cards. Available for purchase at Bob Sykes Barbecue in Bessemer, Alabama, or you can purchase online at bobsykes.com. That's Bob Sykes Barbecue in Bessemer, Alabama. Sometimes life brings you a moment you always will remember. Some of nature's most beautiful creations framed by places we know and cherish. And aren't we in luck that some of life's most memorable scenes are right here at home, all together at Alabama the Beautiful, the group on Facebook, where the eye captures the moment, and it really does last forever. Be sure to check out alabamathebeautifulmagazine.com. With six convenient locations to serve you, Bankston Motorhomes is your local RV dealer. They have some of the top brand name RVs for sale at incredible prices. Whether you are looking for an awesome RV for a long-term road trip or a smaller or more lightweight RV for the occasional weekend getaway, Bankston Motorhomes is here to provide you with some outstanding options and deals that you just won't find anywhere else. For more information, go to bankstonmotorhomes.com or visit one of their six convenient locations in Huntsville, Florence, Warrior, Albertville, and Ardmore in Nashville, Tennessee. That's Bankston Motorhomes. Fuquay's Southern Soul Food is available at two locations, one in Rogersville in the Foodland Shopping Center on Highway 72 and one in Hartzell at 711 Nance Ford Road. Enjoy the salad bar and various delicious meats, vegetables, desserts on the all-you-can-eat buffet. Open Tuesday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m., Saturday, 7 a.m. to 8 p.m., and Sunday, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Go see my friends at Fuquay's Southern Soul Food in Rogersville or Hartzell and tell them the Mark White Show sent you. Hey folks, it's pumpkin season. At J. Calvert Farms, they are a family farm trying to bring customers the best quality produce that they can buy. Located at 30 County Road 260, Coleman, Alabama, you can give them a call at 256-636-2752 or email jcalvertfarms at gmail.com or check out their website at jcalvertfarms.com. And did I mention it's pumpkin season? Get over to J. Calvert Farms and find out what we know about this very special farming family. That's J. Calvert Farms in Coleman, Alabama. J. Calvert Farms is a proud member of Sweet Grown Alabama. With locations in Tuscumbia, Florence, Muscle Shoals, Russellville, Killen, Madison, and Athens, Singing River Dentistry provides the most advanced dental care, including same-day crowns and implants, in a compassionate and friendly atmosphere. They excel in educating their patients and themselves about the benefits of keeping a healthy smile for a lifetime. The care of their patients is the center of their practice. They value their patients' time, trust, and total health. For more information about their practice or to request an appointment, go to SingingRiverDentistry.com. Hey everybody, this is Daryl Worley, and you're listening to The Mark White Show. Hey, step up and make a difference like he does. This is Nico Johnson from Andalusia, Alabama, assistant football coach at University of Texas. Be where your feet are. You listen to The Mark White Show. Hey y'all, this is Jeff Foxworthy, and you, yeah, you can make a huge difference. 
somebody's life. You just may not have figured out how yet. And that's why you're listening to The Mark White Show. Hi, I'm Crystal Gale, and you're listening to The Mark White Show. And one smile can make a difference. Hello, I'm Gene Stallings, and this is The Mark White Show. Get off the sideline and get involved and make a difference in your community. You are listening to The Mark White Show. My daddy is your host, Mark White. Welcome to another edition of The Mark White Show. I am your host, Mark White, and I'm glad that you all could join us today as I talk to Mr. Matthew Bassford. He is a minister in Columbia, Tennessee at Jackson Heights Church of Christ. Now, Matthew is a songwriter as well. He's a hymn writer. One of my friends, Keith Stoneheart, had posted about the hymns that Matt has written and how much he's encouraged by the hymns and the songs that Matt has written and what it means to him. And Matt had to share some news with his friends and those who know him best the other day, and that news was that he was diagnosed with ALS, Here on the Mark White Show, we've covered this subject many times because I want to bring awareness and highlight the subject so that people are aware of ALS. In this situation, we have Matt, who is a minister, as I mentioned, and also a songwriter. I wanted Matt to be able to share from his perspective. So, Matt, welcome to the Mark White Show. Thank you, brother. I appreciate your invitation to be on here, and I hope that I will be able to help some folks with what I have to say this morning. One of the things that I did notice in your post to your friends was that your mom had actually been diagnosed with ALS as well. Yes, that's correct. Most of the time, ALS is what's called sporadic, that there's no apparent reason why you get it. But I think about 10% of cases are familial. And sad to say, uh, ALS is something that runs in my family. That, that not only my mother, but her brother, my uncle, and probably my grandmother, were also uh, struck with some variant of the disease. So was this something, Matt, that you had thought about the fact that it was a possibility before you were diagnosed? Is this something that you've been concerned about for yourself for years, knowing that it is hereditary? Yeah, Absolutely. Because the the way that ALS is inherited, uh, after I realized that it ran in my family once my mother also uh, became symptomatic about 10, 12 years ago, I obviously started researching it. I realized that because of the way that it is passed down, I had about a 50-50 chance of contracting it. And so this is something that has been on my mind for years. What were the first clues, Matt, that there was a problem here lately? Well, I've had minor symptoms for a couple of years, truth be told. Recently, I've had some some issues with balance and falling. and My, my muscles are very stiff and tight. I've been losing a lot of strength, that kind of thing. And ultimately, you went to the doctor and explained the symptoms. How long did it take them, knowing your background, knowing your family history, to determine that it was actually ALS? Several weeks. I I have been through an incredible battery of tests. The the medical term of art there is that ALS is a diagnosis of exclusion. They want to try to knock everything out or everything else out before they uh, say that you have ALS. And so I have been through all sorts of CAT scans and MRIs and blood tests and all the rest of so this has been a process that took several weeks, perhaps even a month. You're a minister and you're a preacher. You have been preaching for how long now, Matt? About, oh, 15 years. Okay, and how old are you now? I am 42. Well, I'm a 42-year-old, just turned 42 in June. If you've been preaching for 15 years, this is something that you decided later. You waited a few years. What was it that caused you to become a minister? Uh, well, I, I took kind of a, uh, a winding path because what I wanted to do the whole time I was growing up was to be a lawyer. So I did indeed go to uh, college, go to law school, pass the bar, and become a lawyer. But then thereafter, I decided that I really didn't want to lawyer. I wanted to preach instead. 
a lot of times you won't see a lawyer that's also a preacher, but how did the transition happen from deciding that you wanted to serve as a lawyer into, into preaching? It was the realization that my values were much better suited and much more congenial to uh, preaching than to working as a lawyer. And I was somebody who, even in job interviews, was very vocal about my faith. And so people kept on not hiring me. Eventually, I realized that was the case, and I decided that I might as well do something where talking about my convictions was a plus rather than a minus. And I've mentioned now more than once that you are a hymn writer, a songwriter. Poetry must have been something that you were doing long before 15 years ago. Well, that's certainly the truth. (laughs) Uh, That uh, all of this predates being a preacher or going to law school both. Uh, It actually started back in the summer of 1997 when I was still living in the town where I grew up, which is Columbia, Missouri. At that time, a brother named Craig Roberts, who was and is a member of that congregation, invited me to a hymn writing seminar, since Craig himself, of course, is a hymn writer of note as well. And so I I went through that and learned sort of the mechanics of how to write hymns and fell in love with it, and I have been writing hymns ever since. And I want to get into this, Matt, about the songwriting, about what it means for people to sing praises to God in their faith and how it encourages them. But before that, I want to take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about this because I wanted to give this perspective. You as a minister, you as a hymn writer, if you'll stick with me, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back, Matt, and we'll talk about this connection between what you're going through now, the battle that you're going through, and a message of encouragement that you have to offer people no matter what they're going through, okay? That sounds great. All right, folks, right now we're talking to Matt Basford. He's a minister with Jackson Heights Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. He is also a hymn writer, and many of you who have the hymnals, have the songbooks, you have seen Matthew's name in the books with the songs. As I mentioned, my friend Keith Stonehart alluded to Matt and his songwriting and how much it's meant to him, Andy Dieselkamp. He also posted one of the songs that Matt has written and how it encouraged him. I hope you'll stick with us as we continue this conversation. You are listening to The Mark White Show, and I'm your host, Mark White. Make a difference. All we have to do is try. Every day's a chance to change somebody else's life. Let's all do something good today. Bob Sykes Barbecue has a big announcement. They are now delivering to your home or office. Just order online and we'll take care of the rest. Check them out at bobsykes.com. Since 1943, Athens Bible School has endeavored to provide quality education in a Christian environment and to equip young people with the tools to be successful. ABS is accredited by Cognia and a member of the Alabama High School Athletic Association. With the Bible at the foundation, with all of our curriculum from pre-K to 12, ABS has something unique to offer. Find out more information at AthensBible.com. With six convenient locations to serve you, Bankston Motorhomes is your local RV dealer. They have some of the top brand name RVs for sale at incredible prices. Whether you are looking for an awesome RV for a long-term road trip or a smaller or more lightweight RV for the occasional weekend getaway, Bankston Motorhomes is here to provide you with some outstanding options and deals that you just won't find anywhere else. For more information, go to bankstonmotorhomes.com or visit one of their six convenient locations in Huntsville, Florence, Warrior, Albertville, and Ardmore in Nashville, Tennessee. That's Bankston Motorhomes. Have you heard of the legend of Happy Hollow? Well, legend has it, there's a mysterious store in Red Bay, Alabama, and on October 28th of this very year, its doors will finally open. Some people say the store has tons of different items, from hunting, fishing, camping, and sporting goods, to apparel, western wear, home decor, even items for your fur babies. 
I can confirm this is no legend. Witness it for yourself on October 28th. Come shop with us and take part in several of our Halloween activities. You're sure to have a spooktacular time. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, on our Happy Hollow Outdoors page, as well as our Instagram under the same name. We look forward to seeing you October 28th. Doors open at 10 a.m., with Halloween activities beginning later in the evening. We're located at 985 9th Street West in Red Bay, Alabama. That's 985 9th Street West in Red Bay, Alabama. Marmac Real Estate has eight offices throughout the state of Alabama. That includes Decatur, Hartzell, Coleman, Florence, Killen, Muscle Shoals, Orange Beach, and Dauphin Island. There are more than 140 agents throughout Alabama. You can easily reach one of those agents by going to marmac.us and tell them the Mark White Show sent you. For all of your concrete needs in North Alabama, contact Esteban Tovar with Tovar Construction Company. With free estimates and quality work, no job is too big or too small. Give Tovar Construction a call at 256-216-7555 or 256-321-5989. You can also see some of their great work at Tovar Construction Co. LLC on Facebook. Welcome back to another edition of the Mark White Show. I am your host, Mark White, and we have been talking to Matt Bassford. He is in Columbia, Tennessee. He's a minister, and as I mentioned, he's a songwriter, a hymn writer. He took the path of being a lawyer, but decided that he wanted to be a preacher instead. Me and Matt have a lot of connections between us. We've just never connected before, but we're here now, Matt, and I'm glad that we can connect, and I want you to know that I'm here to be an encouragement to you, and I know that you've decided with your life to be an encouragement to others to try to lift them up, either through being a minister or your songwriting too, your hymns. Many people appreciate that about you, and that's one thing that I noticed when you announced that you had ALS, that people quickly began to post messages about how encouraged they were by the songs that you have written and the place that has put them in this life to think about the words of songs and the importance of those. One of the people that I alluded to was Andy Dieselkamp. And the song that he posted about was Even Song. And the words of this song, if if you will, uh, give me just a second here. I wanted to be able to say the words of the song. And what Andy posted was that few songs have touched me as consistently as this one has, and it does so even more now. Of course, that was after your announcement, Matt. But he thanked you for blessing everyone with your work in preaching, prose, and poetry. And here's even song. The evening light is falling. The sun has passed away. Our Father's hand is veiling the splendor of the day. But still we know his favor and see it shine more bright. In Jesus Christ, our Savior, our pure and changeless light. In peace beyond all sorrow, we let our eyelids close. Unworried by tomorrow, untroubled by our foes. Our shepherd will not fail us. He watches for his sheep. No evil will assail us, for he will never sleep. Our God, as we adore you, we learn that life shall pass. All flesh is dust before you, its glory like the grass. But you will not forsake us, nor leave your word undone. From darkness you will wake us to glory like the sun. Of course, Matt, Andy shared that song because of what it is meant to him. But as I look at those words, it definitely applies to where you find yourself right now, being diagnosed with ALS, thinking about something beyond this life. Oh, absolutely. Uh, 
because, you know, if you are coming to this as somebody who is an atheist, as somebody who is a materialist, frankly, I don't know what you do. Because if this life is all there is, and it looks like your life is going to be about half as long as maybe you expected it to be, that's the, the kind of blow from which you can't recover. But even though this is no picnic even for a believer, I think the future that I consider is uh, has a very different landscape. I, I think that's true for a couple of different reasons. Uh, the first is, I don't really anticipate this to be a, a pleasant process. It's going to be something that involves a lot of different kinds of suffering for me. But one of the wonderful things about Christianity is that when we bear up under suffering in a godly way, that that suffering is never meaningless because we glorify God and God will remember. And second, it is also true that my suffering is suffering in hope. I do not believe that this life is all there is. I do not believe that uh, my death is going to be the end of my existence. As long as I hold fast to my Lord, then in the end, he will deliver me. You are married and you have two children. How do you address this to your children to let them know what you're about to face? In our family, we are very open. And so just about as soon as uh, we got the diagnosis, I told my 11-year-old daughter and my 9-year-old son. And obviously that was very hard for them to hear. But I think it is vital to be honest with your kids because since that time I've had discussions with several people whose parents also died when they were young. And in both of those cases, what happened is that the, the parents hid the terminal diagnosis from their children. And so just all of a sudden one day, well, mom is dead. Mom is dead. Dad is dead. And that left both of those people with a considerable burden of anger. And so... You know, even though that was not a pleasant conversation to have, I think it was the right decision. And it means that both my children and me can be very intentional about our interactions and whatever time we have left. One of the people that I followed for a long time, Matt, I consider him a great friend at this point, is Steve Martin. He was a teacher. He was an educator in Colorado and I followed his journey, and I can't quite remember how I connected with him through social media, but he also had two children. And one of the things that he continued to do throughout his journey was share his faith and tried to encourage his kids moving forward so that they didn't lose theirs because that's one of the things that I had to go through when I was a teenager was losing my grandfather to cancer, and he raised me. And so a young person in particular, depending on the timing, it has an adverse effect on their faith, whether they were strong or not. When you lose somebody that's a key figure in your life or you see them going through a difficulty, sometimes you want to look and say, why are you doing this, God? And even question existence because of the pain that you're feeling, because of the anger that you feel, it's almost a turning away if we're not careful as we go through some very painful things watching happen to people we love. Well, you have, you have certainly laid your, your finger on my greatest fear through this. But uh, above all else, I am concerned about my children. And in that regard, I, I think there are, there are two prongs. The first is that uh, I intend to spend as much time with them as I can and whatever time I have left. And my, my wife homeschools our children, so they're at home all day. And uh, as soon as I 
got the diagnosis, I decided that I was going to begin working from home instead of uh, going into the church building every day as had been my normal routine. But so I'm just trying to throw as much time as I can at the problem, trying to be intentional about uh, making time for them, doing things together with them. And uh, from that, I think that the most important teaching arises, that it's not when you like sit down with your kids in the living room and you say, okay, children, here's why you need to follow God. It's the, the conversations that come up as you're living the rest of your life. So I'm trying to make space for as many of those conversations as possible. But secondly, I, I guess this is just a matter of trust. It, you know, my untimely death is something that God at least has allowed. And that being the case, uh, you know, it, it obviously asks a lot from me and from my family. But I trust that this is not something that will cost the souls of my children. That in the end, the one who does all things well will cause this to turn out for good. And you know, Matt, that there are a lot of people who are there to support your family through the church. And so that has to be a great comfort to you too, to know that no matter what happens moving forward, that not only your wife will be there to be there for your kids, but also people who know you, who love you and care about you and, and will be there to support your kids and to lift them up when they're discouraged, when they're down. And of course, that's something we all need throughout life is a strong circle of people that will be an encouragement to us in those times where we may not necessarily be in the, the right mindset. That is entirely correct. Brother. That, you know, the, the community of our church family already has been vital in this and it will continue to be vital. And that's another one of those places where I think that the unbeliever really suffers because if you are not part of the Lord's people, then you're just kind of going through life by yourself. You might have some friends uh, around some common interests, but generally what you've got is a, a lonely life as opposed to being a Christian where you are living a communal life, that you have all these people that you spend your days with and they are much closer to you than somebody who is just bound to you by an interest in a, a similar hobby. And so you know, I, I knew they would, but the, the brethren at Jackson Heights have uh, been, uh, been amazing already, just with their prayers and their love and their concern and their, their offers of help, uh, just in so many ways. They've been a tremendous blessing for me, and uh, I think that after I pass on, assuming that that happens while my kids are still at home, then I know that they will take an interest in and be involved in the lives of my children. How many hymns have you written, Matt? Uh, good ones or total? <laughs> total. Probably by now more than a thousand the vast majority of which have not seen the light of day, nor should. <laughs> Although a project that I was, I have finished that is now out to, to various editors is I have finished writing a metrical Psalter. And like we sing, Hallelujah, Praise Jehovah, which is Psalm 148, or you know, the Lord's my shepherd, all not want, which is Psalm 23. I did that with all 150 psalms and put it in modern language so that it would be more understandable than at least the Lord's My Shepherd All Not One. And also suggested tunes that we know for other hymns. 
so that people could now fairly easily sing the song. So there were 183 of those. I noticed that you had done this and posted on June the 3rd, Psalm 136, and then also suggested the tune of Sweet Hour of Prayer, and that's what you're yep, that referring was, to, correct? Uh, that is it. That, uh, there are uh, 182 more just like that. Although, of course, the, uh, the Psalms are much wider in their emotional content, much broader than the hymns that we normally sing in worship. So, you know, Psalm 136 is you know, very, uh, very upbeat because the theme of it is that the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. But many of the Psalms are much darker. And so I think maybe even in just a Bible class setting, it is beneficial to sing your way through those, to have an appreciation for the breadth of the expression that God is willing to accept from his people. How important has your writing become since finding out about your diagnosis? I think both past and future writing have become very important. Uh, My father-in-law was joking that uh, that they need to install a USB port in my head and download everything while they still can. <laughs> but really, I've been spending a number of years now doing that. I think I began working on my, my blog in 2014. And so there are about 1,500 different posts about all sorts of spiritual things that interest me on there. And, and I will continue to do that. And I, I can already tell that my future writing is going to have a lot to do with the experience of being criminally ill. There are a lot of things that have presented themselves to my eyes, a lot of issues that I want to explore. And I hope that those will help other brethren who find themselves in similarly dark places. Well, you know, Matt, when we're talking about those who have written hymns in the past. But if you read some of the stories of those songs that we know and love, even some of the best songs, the people who have gone through some very difficult times, and we sing those words and we don't necessarily know their stories. There are some who have really gone through some major challenges in life, and yet we're there singing songs of praise because of their ability to be able to continue to move forward and not give up in life and to know what was most important. Well, that, that's certainly true, that when you consider the various hymns that we sing, a lot of them come from uh, very grim backgrounds. Probably the most famous of those is It Is Well With My Soul, which was written by a man after his family had drowned. When you are grappling with the emotions that are such a part of tragedy, then it is, it makes sense for some people to try to put that emotion into some sort of useful form. And that's certainly what happened uh, in the case of that hymn. I've actually seen a picture of the rough draft, and it's not much different from what we sing. So it was just a, a great emotional outpouring by him. Whether that will happen with me, I don't know. Uh, You just can't tell how things emotionally strike you or what your your heart will provoke you to write. I I never know how things are going to come up or where the ideas will come from. I mean, it, it is possible that will happen. And if it does, I hope that the results will glorify God. But you know, this is not my first experience with a difficult moment in life. Uh, back in 2008, my eldest daughter was stillborn unexpectedly at full term. And, you know, one might think that that would lead me to write a hymn about that experience. But in, interestingly enough, that never happened. So 
I, I don't know how that's going to turn out. I, I do know that God will use me for his glory if he, if I am willing. And so whatever he has in mind there is probably what will happen. My great-great-grandfather, his name was Flavel Hall, and he wrote several hymnals. One of the themes that stands out through his music was mother, the fact that he lost his mother when he was a child, and that stayed with him. And as you're alluding to, sometimes those things that happen to us in life do inspire us to put those words down on paper. And for him, it was that mother figure and the importance of mother, what he lost when he was a very young person. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't surprise me. Any kind of very difficult tragedy like this is something that will change the way that you think forever. You know, I, I came away from our experience with my daughter with a very different view of chance and mortality that uh, I, I knew now that the unimaginable was something that could happen. And so I think in some ways that has prepared me for this. And certainly it informs everything else that I say. You know, for many years, I've been an advocate of hymns that not only allow us to rejoice with those who rejoice, but hymns that uh, help us to weep with those who weep. And, and that's something that we're not very comfortable with in our assembly. I mean, how many times have we heard, you know, the, the elder who is making the announcements tell us to put aside the, the worries and cares of the world because, you know, this is separated from the world. This is just a time for joy. And I, I don't think that's, something that the Bible actually calls us to do, and I don't think it's fair to those who are burdened with some sort of extreme sorrow. And so I, what I would like to see is, uh, as the years pass, that you have more hymns like that added to the repertoire, so that if there is someone who is suffering, who is struggling, and who needs to reach out with their brethren to God in a time of sorrow, that our repertoire will give people like that a voice too. I was talking to author Rachel Williams yesterday, and she wrote a book about grief and loss called Brave, and it's a children's picture book. And her sister-in-law is from Europe, and one of the things that she was actually describing to me was that when they lose a loved one, they will wear black for six months to a year, and they are in mourning Here in this country, I believe there may be pockets of areas where it's different, but for the most part, we're supposed to move on rather quickly. There is kind of an attitude in some realms where you feel like, I've got to get past this pretty quick. I can't can't grieve and this can't linger. In some cultures, they allow it to go longer than we actually would here in this country. Once again, I think you're on the mark there, uh, pardon the pun, that one of the funny things about American society is how committed we are to the illusion of health and prosperity and ease and a life where trouble never comes. Uh, in so many ways, you, you have all these products that are designed to make people who are no longer teenagers still look like teenagers. That the teenager is the the ideal in terms of, of bodily perfection. Uh, when somebody is, is sick, we hide them away in a hospital. Uh, when somebody is old, we hide them away in a nursing home and generally do everything that we can to resolutely avert our eyes from the human realities of illness and death. And what you describe, I think, is the way that uh, people deal with grief, that they're not comfortable with it, they don't like grappling with it. And so if you have somebody who has lost a loved one and six weeks later this person is still grieving, is still mourning, then in in our country, a lot of the time that continued grieving will generate resentment 
from those who are around them. People will say things like, you know, aren't you over this yet? Isn't it time to move on? And it's, I think, a very poisonous way to be. And it is one of the places where we as Christians need to be wiser than the, the society around us and recognize uh, just how much lamentation there is in the Bible and how much we need to lament in order to, to grapple with the, the, the hard realities of life rather than buying into that American delusion that everything is happy and great all the time. And if we're not happy and great, then there's something wrong with us. I want you, as a person who's going through ALS right now, as a person who is a man of faith, who is a person who has encouraged people in the past through your hymns, I want you to have an opportunity to share a message through my show and I know that what you're going through right now, the battle you're going through, you have a unique opportunity right now to pull something out of yourself to really show what you're about as a person during this time. Because when things are going great, it's easy to be an encouragement and inspiration to people and to have something that people are going to say, wow, that was really helpful to me. When we're down is when that's, where people find out what we're made of. That makes sense, too. And uh, I have a few thoughts about that. Uh, the first is just how dramatically my priorities have narrowed since I got my diagnosis. Uh, I know exactly what I want to do with the rest of my life, however long that may be. I want to be there for my family as long as possible and be a husband and a father. I want to serve God for as long as possible and glorify him in my work as a preacher. And I want to serve others for as long as possible. I might have all these plans for things that I would do otherwise if I still believed that I had decades stretching out in front of me. But the reality is that those plans at the moment have faded into insignificance compared to the soul, the value of a human being. Now, if there is some message that I want to convey to everybody from this moment in my life, it is about the vital importance of living a meaningful life. If you're an atheist, if you're a naturalist, if you're a materialist, that's not possible. If there is no God, the universe is meaningless, and it doesn't matter what you say or do. But if we believe that God is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, then all of a sudden meaning is on the table. The choice to live a meaningful life instead of a, a lazy, self-centered life is always a hard one. Because being lazy and self-centered is easy. But at the end of your life, when you look back on that, you know it's not the day that you spent playing video games that you remember fondly. It's the day that you spent helping somebody. It is the day that you spent writing something that made a difference in somebody's life. You know, throughout my, my work as a preacher, I've striven to live a meaningful life. And, you know, this is something that's always been hanging over me. So I tried to savor every day and make the, the best use of it that I could. And I've not always been successful with that. But looking back from right now, I don't have a whole lot of regrets. And that's what living a meaningful life does even if your life is not happy in conventional terms. The Apostle Paul did not live a happy life, but he lived a meaningful life. And we know from 2 Timothy 4 that when he was looking back on his life, he wouldn't have had it any other way. So 
to everybody who is listening to this, I would say make the choice to be meaningful. Make the choice to serve God, to serve others, to live out the love of Christ in your life. Because not only does that lay up our our eternal inheritance, that is also what you will look back on at the end of your life and say, I'm glad I did that. I know that this message is going to reach someone who needs to hear it today, maybe even myself, as I sit here and listen to you and think about the fact that I'm 42 just like you are. I'm not going through ALS. I've got my own battles, my own challenges. We all do. And no matter what challenge we're going through, we have to have a mindset that allows us to get through it. And what you're sharing about faith and what you're sharing about the importance of eternity outlasts any battle that we can even conceive while here on earth. Uh, That is certainly true. You know, I anticipate that by the end of this, my body will be destroyed. But I do not anticipate that I am going to be defeated. That I know that even though this is not a foe that I can overcome, death is a foe that our Lord has promised he will overcome because of that then my experience of suffering is very different from the experience of anyone who doesn't have that faith and doesn't have that confidence matt again we appreciate you joining us here on the mark white show today and sharing your messages i think they are important to listeners today because of where we are as a country where we are as a people But most importantly, I hope that it hits someone as an individual to have an effect on us wherever we're at. If I can apply that, I'm going to be a better person for my neighbor because I'm getting my mind right. Uh, That is certainly my hope and my prayer, too, that this is something that will reach somebody who needs to hear it and that it will make a significant difference for them. Well, we appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much for joining me, Matt. My pleasure, brother. Matt is a minister in Columbia, Tennessee at Jackson Heights Church of Christ. He's also a hymn writer. We've been listening to his story, listening to his messages as he battles ALS. Of course, you can tell that there's a lot more to Matt than that. It's something his mom had to go through. She was affected by ALS. It's a hereditary thing for his family. He's just 42, but it sounds like he has the right attitude, and I want you to be encouraged by Matt's attitude today as he faces this battle, what are you going through? What is the challenge that you're going through today? What is it that's difficult for you? Have you lost someone you care about? Is there something that you've been burdened with? Let's think about what Matt has shared with us today and apply it to whatever situation we're in. You know, here on the Mark White Show, we're recognizing difference makers and sharing their stories to encourage and inspire us all to make a difference where we can. And I hope this show is doing just that. If it is, I want you to share it with your friends, your neighbors, and your family and let them know about the Mark White Show and what we're doing to make a difference in our communities. You can follow the Mark White Show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and also subscribe to the Mark White Show podcast via Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Audioboom, SoundCloud, Blueberry, YouTube, and TuneIn Radio. You have been listening to another edition of the Mark White Show, and this is Mark White encouraging you to find your purpose by making a difference in someone's life today. There are moments in life you wish you could capture forever. Alabama the Beautiful is a new online magazine that preserves images from sweet home Alabama. Yours anytime, online, every month. Where the eye captures the moment and it really does last forever. Be sure to check out alabamathebeautifulmagazine.com. Thompson Roofing and Construction is a locally owned family business serving the North Alabama and Southern Tennessee area. They are a Better Business Bureau A-plus member since 2011 and a GAF Master Elite Contractor. Give them a call at 256-952-3309 
or check them out on the web at 256roofing.com. They offer free inspections. Thompson Roofing and Construction. Mr. Cecil Batchelor is the one that started this business as Dependable Service Center. And even though now it's Green's Dependable Hardware and we're a true value store, our tagline is still your Dependable Service Center. We've tried to keep that alive for all these years. Mr. Batchelor really started a good business. We're really excited to be carrying on a long-standing tradition. It's the oldest retail store in the city of Russell. We're Green's Dependable Hardware, 15220A Highway 43 in Russellville. Alabama. We're right behind McDonald's or right across the street from the hospital. Number is 256-331-0123. The Dependable Service Center. Is it time for a haircut? Give my friend Philip Butler at Southwind Barbershop a call. Located in Rogersville, Alabama. You can call him at 256-247-5658. Make an appointment or just walk in. That's Southwind Barbershop in Rogersville, Alabama. Are you building your dream home? Or have you decided to stay in your current home and remodel? Either way, we all know that kitchens and baths are smart investments when it comes to the value and livability of our homes. Regardless of the project size or complexity, you want and deserve quality products and amazing service before, during, and most importantly, after the sale. A big part of that service is dealing with people that understand their products and can provide advice and consultation that you can rely on. Sounds like a tall order for sure. Who can give you the brands you know and trust and the professional help you deserve? Our friends over at Park Supply Company, of course. They are the go-to for all of your kitchen, bath, and DIY needs. Visit their locations in Huntsville and Athens and you will understand the difference of the Park Supply way. Large selection with the small hometown feel you love. Mention this ad and receive a one-time coupon good for $10 off of a $50 purchase. Go to parksupplycompany.com and connect with them today. Since 1943, Athens Bible School has endeavored to provide quality education in a Christian environment and to equip young people with the tools to be successful. ABS is accredited by Cognia and a member of the Alabama High School Athletic Association. With the Bible at the foundation, with all of our curriculum from pre-K to 12, ABS has something unique to offer. Find out more information at AthensBible.com. Shout a friendly high when they go passing by Who live and love in my hometown Ah, these are my kind 